part of the tie did you, did you allow uh, for this yeah did you well, know he was doing that if it keeps him quiet and it, it, you that's have to get true. a little bit of spurgeon in you yes yeah. so, oh, so man. That's, that's that's what he's doing Sorry. Uh, so Wait, I, I heard another giggle again another giggle we have another guest on our show this week we do oh okay wait oh well i was just gonna you know do our usual banter like how you doing how's things <laughs> You know, we're recording on a Sunday, which we never do, and just talk about yeah, that stuff true. for a little bit. But nobody wants to hear that. They want to hear from our guests. So, Karen, why don't you tell tell the listening audience who is with us today? Well, the baby's with us. Always. And the Lord is with us. The Lord. <laughs> our special guest. Oh, I think I just heard the Lord special speak. guest Holy Spirit <laughs> is here. We invited the Holy Spirit in. And he came. Actually, we have guests on today that we talk about all the time on the podcast. True, true. Usually, usually it's like Karen. Did you listen to Pastor Luke's sermon? Yeah, yeah. I think he mentioned something about what we're talking about today. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Didn't they speak at that marriage conference? Um, yeah. They did that really cool thing with the. With the yeah. they, they did like they sat at their dinner table yeah. and took us through how they do family worship and yeah and i don't know how but they agreed to come on the podcast this mm-hmm. week i <laughs> yeah. mean like celebrity guest after celebrity guest mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. we're getting up there i mean most people here who's on this week who mm-hmm. knows yeah okay but we're, we're, we're actually recording live because that's how you have to record wait wait live. we're what? actually in their home in their home they invited us. Mm-hmm. In the home of Luke and Ashley Fraser. They invited our whole family. Yeah. Even our including the dog. dog. Even the dog. our crazy dog. Is crazy. Who has we been torturing her. their dog? Rachel. Yeah. Our dog apparently likes to eat other dogs' ears. Yeah. She thinks she's an earring. But now dogs. I think we owe Ashley some money because she's been training. Yeah. Our dog she, she broke our dog down. She's like, <laughs> <laughs> good ways in good ways. Yes. So anyway, should we have them introduce themselves? Yeah. So, so say a little bit about yourselves and we'll, we'll ask you some questions, you know, get really deep into your lives, you know, expo- expose. Awesome. But deepest, yeah, darkest like, you know, anything secrets. you want to open with about, you know, what, what the Lord's doing with you or just like, just, just a little bit of background. What is sure. he even doing with what is, you? Yeah, what, <laughs> what are we even are doing, doing here? here? <laughs> Why don't you tell the audience what we're even doing here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'm Luke Fraser. I'm the pastor of Island Baptist Church in Beach Haven, and Ashley is my wife. We've been married for 14 years on Ooh. Wednesday. That's right. Oh, Wednesday's our anniversary. Yeah. 14th anniversary. Oh my gosh. We have nice. two kids. Why don't you tell them about Logan and Peyton? We have um, an 11-year-old son. His name is Logan, who loves to surf, and he just got a skateboard, so he's been loving life. He gets um, lots of marriage proposals on here. Lots of marriage proposals, apparently. <laughs> I thought it was just He was just having us, a little but, conversation. Yeah. And, yeah. Had to share that he gets them all of the time. 
I don't know how I've missed that, but <laughs> I'm not ready. And then my daughter, she's nine, and her name is Peyton, and she is very creative. She loves to draw and paint and play piano and sing all day, and so they're very exciting children. Amazing and we have a Cooper. And we have a Cooper. Cooper. Yeah. Whose well, earring is now Rachel. Whose yes. no. yeah. <laughs> earring is Rachel. <laughs> Which is great. <laughs> so how long have you uh, been in LBI? Long Beach uh, four years. We moved here in August of 2015. I know. That'll time is long yes. by. Mm. Yeah, so four years yeah. ago, August is our... That's when we came here. Wow. Yep, anniversary here. That's about. That's probably like the same length of time we've been, been at, at Shady List. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was thinking. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Mm -hmm. Four years. Awesome. Was it there an adjustment, you know, living at the beach compared to like living like, mm. where you had before? You know, you were in Medford for a while, then Hightstown. Mm -hmm. Like, is do you find it like like a different atmosphere almost, and like people are a little bit different down yeah. towards the beach? I think that a little bit of it comes from the influx of people in the summertime because that's when everybody wants to come and enjoy it. And then yeah. everybody scatters in the winter because it's cold. But I think what's neat is that you get to appreciate God's creation in a very unique way by seeing the ocean and being able to be outside and just experiencing different things that God has for us at a in a beach town versus mm. in a, you know, a more suburban town. From well said. <laughs> you like the beach too. Do you want to move here? In in addition to that, there's there's always an adjustment whenever you move into a new ministry context. So, um, yeah. the first two and a half to three years, uh, we committed ourselves to being students of the culture, which is something that really every pastor um, ought to do. When you move into a new um, a new ministry context, the goal is to learn not only who the people are, but what God has been doing there. So the church that I pastor has been here for 41 years. Wow. And so to come in and just assume that you know what's going on and you know the people, right. that's a huge mistake. So you want to you wanna study the people, study the culture, find out what God has been doing, and then join God in what he's doing there. Mm -hmm. So yeah. that takes time, and it takes not only an adjustment for us, but for our kids too. We need to just become who God wants us to be in this new context. So that, that would you say that's kind of like what Paul was doing in his missionary journeys, where mm -hmm. he says, you know, I, I become this to this person or... Mm -hmm. You know, to uh, to the Jew, I, I'm a Jew. To the Gentile, that, that's mm. precisely it. And the the balance there is not to allow culture to dictate how you do ministry. Right. And it it really does take, mm. for lack of a better word, a, a little bit of finesse. You have to know. All right, the gospel doesn't change. God doesn't change. Right. People really don't change. There's nothing new under the sun. Right. But you have to learn what it is that makes people in your particular ministry context mm -hmm. tick. Mm -hmm. You have to learn what their particular uh, battles are, what their idolatry is, and then you have to learn what what are the inroads for the gospel into their hearts. Right. So you're literally becoming a student of the heartbeat of the culture. Mm -hmm. That's that's what Paul is talking about there. And yeah. so and it does it takes it takes time. It takes patience. You mm -hmm. have to study the culture. Yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of ministries and churches will either go the way you were kind of saying before, where they'll, they'll become too much like the culture. Right. So mm -hmm. they're trying to attract people 
with you know carnal means and and what they want Mm -hmm. so they make their church like attractional where it should be attractional but not to the point where you're conforming to the image of the culture right so you want to address that and then the other church model might be to where they don't do anything at all Mm -hmm. to change to to uh be traditional yeah, so they stay traditional for the sake of tradition and not for the sake of, of scripture or for reaching people. So it's finding that balance. true ba- true balance of what it what is biblically to get the gospel out and into the context that God has put you in. You know, um, not to continue to beat a dead horse about this attractional model thing, but I, I learned a while ago um, that the way that God draws people to himself uh, now is very different than it was in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, it was an attractional model. It was a come and see Israel mm. and all that God did. Mm. That's why Solomon's temple was full of uh, uh, luxury and glory. Yes, Ash. But when Jesus came, thank you, baby. <laughs> when Jesus came, it shifted from a come and see model to a go and tell model. Mm, so wow. it's no longer an yeah. attractional model. It is a we go and tell people about the glory of God rather than having them come and see it. it that shifted when Jesus came. Hmm. Come and see to go and tell. Right. Wow, I never thought of yeah. it that way. That's mm-hmm. awesome. And now We're the, already learning. Yeah, and, and <laughs> everything that was beautiful and stuff in, in the temple was a picture of Christ. That's right. Mm-hmm. So now we go and tell of the beauty of Christ. Exactly. Now that Christ has come, we go and tell people mm. rather than attracting them to us. Hmm. That's awesome. That's why we like Luke and Ashley. They say cool stuff. Yeah, we were attracted to them because of Christ. That's well, we have to shout out to them because they led worship this morning, and I have to say it was incredible and really moving. Their selection of songs was just exactly what people needed to hear this morning to prepare their hearts. So. Even though they shouted out to us, I got to shout right back to them. <laughs> Thank you. We dearly love this family. Oh, it's a sweet. Our pleasure and honor. Yes, we are, we are honored to back to the grace your truth. Sorry, <laughs> <drag. Yes. laughs> uh, So what what called you into ministry to initially be a pastor? and, and Because, you know, the, the call as, as a pastor, I, I would believe you were already married at the time when you felt called mm-hmm. like, like, like a real calling on your heart. Yeah. So it has to be an agreement almost yes. that you're called. You can't just like, as a, as a husband, you can't just say, oh, I'm called to be a pastor. And if your wife says, no, nah, I don't think you are, that's going to be friction. You can't do that. Right. So I, I would, the question would be, why do you, what called you both into the ministry? You want me to start? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, well, let me just go to the Bible first. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5, Paul is talking about um, what he and his missionary companions, what drew them to do this. And in, in the 14th verse, he says, the love of Christ compels us, or the love of Christ controls us, depending mm. on the translation. In other words, I'm so totally... Uh, won over by what Christ did for me, I have no choice but to go into ministry. That's really what it was for me, Daryl. I was compelled. uh, A mentor of mine said to me, if there's anything else that you can see yourself doing, then you should do that. You're probably not called. Wow. And he's absolutely right because there are... It's not a weekly um, temptation to abandon the ministry, but it's pretty close. Wow. If, if you don't feel like you know that you know that you know that this is what God is calling you to do, then you probably are not called. 
Uh, so every pastor feels that Jonah compulsion. To, I just want to mm-hmm. run away. I can't do this anymore. Yeah. But I'm controlled by the love of Christ. I can't not do this. So I knew that this is what I was going to do. And we, uh, I'll let her piggyback on that. But we even said there's a history that we've learned about that sometimes God takes um, precious things away from you in order to test the sincerity of your commitment to him. Even your firstborn, my grandfather, his firstborn, my uncle Larry, was killed. And um, it's those kinds of things that come, those trials that make you want to run away. And so we were even willing to, if God wanted to take our children away, we were going to follow him no matter what. I'm talking a lot. <laughs> it's all right. You talk. What? That's like that song. I've decided the story song. behind that mm-hmm. that you sang. It, it's exactly. <laughs> he right. also sings during his sermon. Would you like to? Uh... No, I would not. <laughs> <laughs> but when I told Ashley that I felt called, uh, um, she responded, and. Hmm. Uh, wait, <laughs> well, I think we were, yeah, I know. We were already very active in ministry, and I think mm-hmm. it was almost as if God was just preparing my heart by participating in our mini church, by being a part of women's ministry, and also raising our children. And so it was almost as if the Lord was already preparing my heart for. I don't want to say like the next step, but it almost yeah. was like the next step. Just we're already involved in ministry, and now. Um, just to take a more leadership position as far as like your husband will now be a pastor, not just um, a leader and you will kind of go into a different direction as far as ministry goes. So it was almost like, yeah, we're already in it. So, all right, Lord, whatever you have next, that's what we're, that's right. All right. You know, and I think we still have, we had a big heart for missions. And so we have children who the Lord has, blessed us with who are very good with people who love people who um Mm -hmm. enjoy meeting people and so to be also in ministry you are constantly around people and i believe that having the children that god has given us is also confirmation that we are doing it as a family it's not just the dad is the pastor no the wife is a part of it the children are a part of it and uh we do it together wholeheartedly. One thing Ashley probably will not tell you that really is key about pastoral ministry is that uh, when I mentioned to her that I felt called into pastoral ministry, I said, honey, wherever God calls us, we're going. Mm. And if you don't have that kind of a wife that's willing to pick up and go to Mm. Iraq or Sudan or Niger or Alaska or Beach Haven. Right. <laughs> um, it, it's just. I not don't know work. about Alaska. <laughs> it's, it's cold. It's cold in Alaska. It's cold in Alaska. And so <laughs> it's night for months, and then it's day for months. I always want to go just for one year, just to see what it's just like. like yes. Yeah. But Ashley was. She's. God has been preparing her for this role since she was a little girl. Uh, mm. She. She will go wherever God calls us, and so she makes it very easy for me to to follow God's call and lead our family. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. It's, and, uh, you know, I, I've, I've felt called into ministry. I don't know if it's in, in a lead pastor capacity, but I know I couldn't never pursue that if, if Karen didn't support yep. that as well. Mm-hmm. And it, it's funny you say, like, if you can do anything else, go do that. And then I don't think I could. Like, there's days where I want to 
like just stop mm-hmm. you know yeah. and, it, and it, like I can't I can't turn it off like yeah that's like a you try like this is what it is yeah it's like, always there it's, it's like, always oh, man, there I, I want to go one day without being frustrated that people don't know oh. Jesus and I can't <laughs> yes. I can't do it I can't turn it off yeah like often calling is confirmed through compulsion mm. if you're compelled to share the gospel that according to scripture that can't come by natural means right but you have to have god putting that call on your life definitely we hope you're enjoying this interview with luke and ashley fraser but we will be right back after this short break to let you hear from this other outstanding podcast the five solas podcast a weekly podcast hosted by james watkins that is dedicated to the reformed theological distinctives and their continued relevance for the church and world today grace alone faith alone christ alone scripture alone to the glory of god alone join us each episode to discuss the truths of these foundational rallying cries of the protestant reformers the prophetic challenge they present and the sound wisdom they provide as we delve into their biblical meaning and theological significance and reflect upon and appropriate their truths we will be engaging issues in the church and world each week from the rich insight of reformation christianity we will be showing all the manifold ways in which this material helps challenge and direct the current church in its life of worship and witness and confront the idols of our age with biblical discernment and a sound apologetic in a manner that is as open and transparent as possible while challenging you to seek the glory of god in all that you do soli deo gloria you want this all right so we established you know the calling that you had and the compulsion to just be in ministry and there's nothing else that you you can see yourself doing mm-hmm. um, and you, you've been pastoring now for four years here at island baptist mm-hmm. what would you say are some of the struggles that you come across and you don't have to go into like intimate details but just in general like things that you have faced that maybe you didn't see coming initially would you like to begin or should i i think it takes time um whenever a new pastor family comes in there's such an attachment to a previous Mm -hmm. pastor and their family and i think one of the most important things that we shared is that we do not want to replace the previous pastor and his family like we mm-hmm. we know the the value they had in this church we know the value they had in each of their personal relationships with the congregants and the people that you know that come to church and so we wanted to make it very evident and clear that we're here you know this is our family but we are not you know wanting to replace that because it's a part of their hearts that just kind of gets removed when they don't have that you know couple anymore and so Mm. just being open to hearing people allowing people to take the time that they need to adjust to a new transition is extremely important to be compassionate to really listen well was really important for us the first couple years you know as a new family or just with new ideas like oh i want to try this Mm, and i want to do this and you know i i want to throw the word change out there but Mm. just really allowing that change to come as the lord sees fit and just waiting and really allowing him to drive that in the direction that he wants and not have our own you know desires to be at the forefront so really um 
making that clear in the beginning was so important. And now just knowing the people and you know where their hearts are, you know where they're coming from, you know their struggles, but you also know how they want to come, you know, into a person, you know, more personal relationship with the Lord really allows you then to do ministry better because you're coming Mm -hmm. into a new breathing organism that has already been around for 40 some years. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, fresh eyes see, see things differently, but just allowing them to almost teach us mm-hmm. to then be able to minister to them the way that they needed it. So that's been a great um, driving force for us these last four years. Uh, someone, another wise man, once taught me um, not to major in the minors. It's something that I mm-hmm. have been struggling to incorporate into my life, but getting better at it as time goes on. What what he meant by that and what I've learned is that there are lots of things that it's okay to disagree on with people. And mm-hmm. you can still do ministry as long as you don't compromise the gospel. There are lots right. of things that you can just, you don't need to die on every hill. Right. And so there's a vision in my mind of what perfect worship looks like and perfect mm-hmm. preaching in a perfect church. And mm-hmm. ultimately, the only hill I'm really going to die on is the gospel. Amen. Everything else we can talk about and have a dialogue and still worship Jesus together. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't you always I wasn't always like that. Yeah. Right, Ash? I yeah. used to fight, fight all the time yeah, over but, things that right. I didn't need to. And so it the, the greatest environment of sanctification is pastoral ministry. <laughs> because you're constantly mm-hmm. gonna be at the at the chisel of the Lord mm-hmm. and you're putting yourself before him say, I want you to change this area the whole island of Long Beach Island and please, please start in our household. Yep. Wow. Yeah. That That's hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's hard. And that, that's where ministry starts at the home. I'm that's overwhelmed right. just listening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, one thing I would say, like just being at this church just a few times and even watching today is that you both, I can tell, care about the people at this church. Mm. You know, the way you interact with them when they were coming in, when they were leaving. You know, throughout the whole service itself, through your preaching, you can tell that you both care about these people. Mm-hmm. And e- even at lunch, like, you know, some of the some of the congregation, a few people came and ate with us, and we just sat down, and it, you can just tell that there's love there. So it's yes. not just listen to me, listen to this word. It's it's you living that life that you want to live to the Lord and loving people, and it's definitely evident. Thank you for that. saying Lord, so. Yeah. I see that. So I asked you about the struggles. So let's get into the victories. What what victories? Something our, our pastor likes to talk about in our deacons meeting is okay. Where are we winning? You know, let's mm-hmm. talk about that. Mm-hmm. So so where are you guys? Do you see victories happening for the Lord? Yes. One of my favorite things I have to say is, you know, we journeyed to homeschool two years ago. And so a lot of times, you know, you'll get the question, well, what do you children do for social socialization? <laughs> really? And not that you walk on that direction. I've never heard direction, that question but before. I still <laughs> about that. Like, I still get that question. Yeah. <laughs> what, really? It's, it is a funny question. Mm. But what I think I love so much about this church is that the men and women have really taken our children under their wing. Yeah. Every week for the last couple of months, Peyton has been painting with one of our lovely oh, yeah, um, women. Yeah. Um, Logan plays chess and tennis with one of our elders. You know, when mm. we have Bible study, several of the, the men will tell jokes with Logan or ask him how his sports are and and they, they want to know how they're doing in school. And 
and just they really invest mm -hmm. in our children mm -hmm. and so one of the best things that I have seen just sometimes it just makes me cry it's just the friends yeah. that they have mm -hmm. they have had with their own age but also with adults yes. and they have grown tremendously because of the people ministering to them through the gifts that God has given them and it's just wow. been unbelievable you know we've got a surf camp and several of our parents come out and they teach the kids how to surf and but they're not only just teaching them how to surf they're talking to them about their life and mm -hmm. and it opens the door for allowing the children to share what are they struggling with what's going on in their lives mm -hmm. and it's just been unbelievable to see our kids grow with men and women, you know, it's just, just been in life, right? just in like, life. Yeah. yeah. Just yes. them being who God made them to mm -hmm. be taking our children and allowing them to be a part of that has just been an overwhelming experience these last four years. Really. I can't thank them enough. And I can't thank the Lord enough for just bringing people into our lives who really actually care. Like what you said, Daryl, like every single Sunday I do announcements and I'm just, sometimes I, I'm, almost brought to tears because I really love these people. Like, right. I just, I'm going to cry now you can't even <laughs> see me. Like, you know, I think some people have such a hard time when they go to new they churches and they pastor. And I really, really can't say enough good things about this group of people. They, they love the Lord and mm -hmm. they want more of him. And they're in, you know, they're in their own ways growing with him but they're hungry for him and they're hungry just to, to to love others and to really bring the gospel to beach haven to long beach island and then to the ends of the earth and it has just been awesome to just come alongside of them and and participate with them so there is my thing because i'm crying nice. and you can't even see me bring the tissues up yes <laughs> tissues on a podcast we're talking about victories yes um it's an easy one for me when i first came here i was a little curious, concerned is the wrong word, curious, about how much transformation can I really bring to mm. an island that's predominantly baby baby boomer and older? Mm. So once people are in that age bracket, mm. change becomes almost a four-letter word, like yes. <laughs> because it becomes a safety thing. Mm -hmm. And so are people really willing to let the Lord change some of their destructive behavioral patterns to change their worldview to change their thinking I, mm. I was I was wow. curious as to what the Lord was going to do well I've seen uh, just last summer I baptized four or five people who were over 70 yes. wow that, that to me is the for a pastor that's a tremendous victory um, watching people get baptized is great but when they're over 50 60 70 and they're saying I've decided to follow Jesus no turning mm. back yeah. let me go out and shout it out to the in front of we do our baptisms out in the ocean and so when you do that there's nothing private it's right. in the middle of summer yeah. and the the beach is packed and there you are 60 70 years old saying i'm leaving all my life behind and starting new at 70 mm. that is a statement that gets attention definitely and so for me that's the kind of thing that fuels me and keeps me going when I feel like having a Jonah moment and wanting yeah. to run away. Mm -hmm. No, change can still happen. That's and amazing. I, who wouldn't want to be part of that? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know? So for me, that's that tops the that's cake. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, definitely getting to see the work you do as a minister of the gospel and God using that to change lives. Like, yes. You know, and he doesn't even promise us that. Like, 
that we will see it. He promises his word doesn't come back void. Right. But what an amazing what, like that we get to be a part of that it. you get to see that. Like mm-hmm. even if it's just one. I mean, just one but then yeah. you know, you've seen several, right? And it does keep you going. Yes, it does. Because you know? <laughs> who knows, like this podcast can be used and to reach people that we don't even know yeah. and we will never even hear about until we're on that side of eternity. You know, yeah. maybe somebody will come up, Oh, you guys did the what are you even doing here podcast? <laughs> <laughs> You know, you you bring up a good point is that Mm -hmm. the temptation in ministry is to measure your success like the world does by fruitfulness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. God doesn't call a pastor to be fruitful. He calls a pastor to be faithful. And so there's a, you have to almost unlearn what you have learned to quote Hmm. Master Yoda. (laughs) (laughs) You do. You have to unlearn what you learned and relearn how to think. That's amazing, though. It's it sounds like you guys are really living in community with your church, like you're one big family. Mm-hmm. You know, like. <laughs> I'm gonna cry now. I'm gonna cry. You started the trend. Yeah. The Frasers always make me cry. Like no matter what. I don't know if that's a good thing or not. I don't either. They're just people that make me cry. Just a couple more questions for you, and then uh, we'll let you take a nap. But uh, <laughs> uh, easy one. How do you balance life and ministry? That's easy, right? You can you can answer for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 Well, we could okay. just play his sermon from this morning. Yes. Yeah. Well, and, and I know it's not like there is no like one answer for this, and because you're continually yes. trying to find a way to balance life and ministry but like what would you suggest to like like a, a new pastor or like anybody that is struggling with how, how do I just find that balance okay well the first thing I'd have to say is that there there really is not a difference between life and ministry is that um, ministry is not something that is just for those who are in the vocation of ministry ministry is something that you do when you're changing diapers. Ministry mm-hmm. is what you do when you're making pancakes. Ministry is what you do when you're driving the car. And so we've tried to, I, I know what you're getting at and I'll, I'll, I'll address that, but we've right. tried to kind of be okay with the fact that life is ministry. Mm-hmm. Like our, our lives are about Jesus. And so there isn't a moment where we say, okay, this is ministry and this is our private life. There, those lines have been erased purposefully so that our children see that truly our joy comes from being close with Jesus. And the more we serve people, the closer we are with Jesus. That doesn't mean that it's easy. Mm -hmm. And our kids see ugly parts of us too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But we want them to see that it really, really is all about Jesus. And kids see through Mm -hmm. phoniness that Mm -hmm. they'll, they'll, They'll point it out to you. Yeah. And they do sometimes. Yes, yes. they do. Yeah. Dad, you said this in your sermon, but you're doing this. Thank you, Logan. <laughs> but sermon please. Balancing life and ministry is is you're right. It is a it is a something that you learn as you go along. Mm-hmm. And we're we're still learning how to do it all. I've been a pastor for roughly ten years. And um, we're still figuring it all out as we as we go. There there is no set way to know how to do this. You want to add? Ten? I would just say I think one of the most important things that we do as a family is communicate. Just really talking. You're how right. are you feeling? You know, if they're really, you know, the kids are a little bit more tired, 
we kind of think, all right, maybe we need to just take a little mm. break or we just go do something fun yeah. as a family. And we really try to talk about because ministry is life, it is not a separation. Mm. You know, sometimes you do give a little more times and then mm-hmm. you you are a little depleted. So we really try to talk about, hey, you know, we're really feeling this or how are you feeling and allow um, them the freedom to talk about it. And then for us personally, you know, as husband and wife to be able to say, Hey, you know, I, let's, let's go on a date night, which he's much better at that than I am. But, um, I want every night to be, date night. <laughs> <laughs> date night. but I think that's so important to just, to have that time to just, um, de-stress and, and, but have an enjoyable time. And I also think a part of it too is really having, a good disciplined life. I think it's really important to um, have good routines, but allow for flexibility with when people want to drop by or you're invited for things like that. But just having a good routine set up to allow for rest on Sabbath and um, things like that really allow for the continual pouring out, but making sure that you are pouring into yourself and your own devotion time and your own prayer time. And then also being around people who will encourage you and fill your bucket mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. you continue to fill others. So she answered this much better than I did. <laughs> Fine, <isn't that? laughs> as she's talking, I'm, I'm thinking <laughs> that she nailed it. Uh-huh. <laughs> we, we, it looks like, yeah, there's nothing. No, she, <laughs> she's she's know, right? right. She, um, we laugh together. That is a yeah. daily thing for us. We make sure that we're finding things to laugh about. We dance in our living room like mm-hmm. buffoons nice. just because we want our kids to see that yeah. look, there's a lot of pain in the world. There's too much pain yeah. in the world, and it's mm-hmm. only going to get worse until Jesus comes back. And so we want our kids to know that in the midst of the pain, we can laugh. We can smile. still smile because... Yeah. We're redeemed. Mm. Christ has is, is promised us eternal life. And so we even when it's hard, we find reasons to laugh and joke around. That's Amen. awesome. Yeah. yeah, I think I was asking you like similar questions last week. I think you like, were. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like Saint, well, we both homeschool. Yes. And I think I get wrapped up in the whole, I need to do this, do this, do this today. And if I don't get those things done, yes. I'm like, ah, mad at myself, you know? And then it does happen, and more and more people do want to drop by. People do want to, you know, and I'm like, I need to be available. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you know, what do I sacrifice to do that, or do I not? And the whole Sabbath thing. Yeah. Uh, Well, for you guys as worship leaders, your Sabbath is also spent ministering. And so you have to really be okay with protecting some time too mm. and, and having you know those mountainside moments like Jesus had just going withdrawing away right. and you know replenishing your soul so that you can continue to pour out because it will it is not it will it is exhausting and you yeah. need to find that time to really allow yourself to be with him and then also have fun and enjoy the right. awesome gifts that he has blessed us with, and <laughs> laughter, and games, and dogs, dancing, and dogs. <laughs> dogs. Yeah. yeah. Well, the dog dogs. And our daughter is always dancing. <laughs> yes. She, yeah, she doesn't walk anywhere. She, she doesn't walk. She likes to sit in a chair and round off. Yeah. Yeah. Not have her foot it's above more her head. It's exciting that way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I dance, and we they tell to me to stop. So I don't know <laughs> what that's Wait, about. Wait, that, that's dancing? 
<laughs> he thinks he's some hotshot. He's like, I got the moves. But I'd like to see. Yeah. I have rhythm. I'm sure he'll I show you. I can... Yeah. I don't have yeah. rhythm, and I still try. <laughs> it's a, I think you were clapping on two and four today, so I, I was. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. can't sing and clap at the same no. time. I, it's very embarrassing for me. Actually. We have a lot it's of fun to watch. Yeah. I don't know where that clap came from. Yeah, like, yeah you started. Clapping. You were going at. Yeah. I don't. I was like, yes. <laughs> Wake up, everybody! Like, All of a sudden, we were Pentecostal. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> People were running around. <laughs> oh, that's this kind of worship. Like, let's go. <laughs> this is why we love the outside. <laughs> that's great. Uh, All right, let's uh, ask a, a fun question. What is your favorite movie? Oh, he always asks this question. There's no, an... usually, well, last time okay. I asked once, what is your favorite Nicolas Cage movie? And nobody... Oh, like, okay. Because I thought I it was funny, because I don't that. think he ever made a good movie. Oh, but, that was a but just, just in, in general, I, I think I know there's two movies I have in my head that you might say. Okay. But it's kind of like, see if I'm right. You might, you might not okay. say that. Uh, but I don't know what movie you would say, Ashley. If you ask so. my children, they would know. <laughs> Minus the... Elf. <laughs> Elf. Elf. My favorite movie that's is Elf. If you need a laugh, that's what to pay. We watch it all year long. And for the first time this year, we actually had spaghetti with syrup. So Did you? We would yeah. suggest it if you... Did you do that morning thing with the Pop-Tarts? We didn't go that far, but... Whatever else you My children would have liked that. They wanted Pop-Tarts and, what is it, marshmallows and... He was so... But he was so funny. excited about it, so... Oh, my gosh. Mine is Elf. And I know yours. Well, his has to be, I mean, one of his favorites has to be Elf, because he's always quoting. Well, I think by default. He's constantly on, so I, I just, picked it yeah, up. Yes. He's just picked up the phrases. But yours is? Mine is Rocky. Yep. Okay. You, did you get it right? I was, was going to yes. say Rocky so, or much. Superman. Both of them They're both are, yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Maybe but, there was yeah. a tie. It's Rocky for countless reasons uh, i've written about several of the parallels between rocky and the endurance that mm -hmm. jesus endured on the cross um rocky is a story about life and it really i've drawn so much yeah. uh encouragement from the story of an underdog who really has nobody to rely mm -hmm. on and mm -hmm. uh I, I keep going back to that movie it just yeah. inspires me now i feel like watching it was, it, was so that great. written by Sylvester Stallone? Was... Did he, he write that? He wrote it and yep. starred and in it. I'm yes. Time out. Come in. Yeah. Did Rachel eat earlier? She had breakfast. Oh. And some snacks. Uh, and lots of snacks. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> did Rachel eat? Does she seem hungry? She's eating She's the probably pillow. like tossing She's Cooper's probably bowls hitting around. Bowl, like... She's like... <laughs> She'll probably pick it up. Stealing yeah, so, so Sylvester Stallone wrote that that's pretty cool yeah do, do you know like any like background of like what like uh influenced him to write that at all or? yes uh he was down pretty much yeah he was down and out he was pretty much the character the movie mm -hmm. was about his own story in, in a certain way he wasn't a boxer mm -hmm. but the movie depicted the struggle mm -hmm. to keep going on in life you know in one of the latter films uh rocky's with his son and he says essentially life is not about how hard you hit it's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward how much you can take and keep moving forward and the truth is that 
every single one of us gets to a point in life where we consider throwing in the towel because there's not a person alive who, no matter where you live or what worldview you have, who doesn't feel like, I can't do this anymore. I just want to quit. And some of us, I mean, you look at the suicide statistics and you'll see people in this country are quitting. They're throwing in the towel. Mm -hmm. So characters like Rocky are essential for us to remember. If we're in Christ, we can keep going. If he endured, we can endure. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I keep coming back to that movie because Mm -hmm. it reminds me there's reason to keep going on. And you, you can see, like even in the secular world and movies, and I think uh, a sermon that you ha- you preached either last week or the week before when you uh, talked about Harry Potter. Yeah. But you can see that even the non-believer has the image of God in them, that mm-hmm. they know that there is something greater than us, mm-hmm. that there is a savior, or, or they long for a savior mm-hmm. to save them. So they write these stories. Even, I mean, what's going on this weekend is this Avengers movie, Endgame, yeah. has come out. So superheroes are huge right now, like more than I can ever remember as a kid. Like just Marvel Universe is all over the place. Mm-hmm. But it's people wait, wanting to be saved Super by hero. someone mm-hmm. outside of us. Yeah. And for Christians to endure, it was just great today that you chose to end the service with He Will Hold Me Fast, because that's the only way we can endure as Christians, is knowing who's holding us, Yeah. right? And that's, um, you know, the doctrine of perseverance of the saints or preservation of the saints is that we're in the Son's hand, we're in Christ's hand, Mm -hmm. but we're also in the Father's hand. And so it's that double grip that has us that we cannot get out. That's right. And that that, that image uh, isn't my own, so I don't want to take credit for the, I, we, I heard uh, the Justin Peters yeah, said that. Joey said he heard someone else say that. Okay. So I don't know. But, but it's great to think of we're in the, like, the double grip of the Son and the Father, mm-hmm. and no one can snatch us out. Not even yourself. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Not, we can't even jump out. I've heard that said jump. before. Somebody said, oh, you can jump out. You're not you going to jump out of the double hold of the <laughs> no. sun. And There's the no wiggling out there. You are not jumping out. If you can jump out, you weren't in it. You weren't in his hands. Yes. But, but as Christians, we can have that assurance that when we struggle and, and we, we fight sin, we fight against the devil and the world, that it's, it's Christ in us and he has us. And that's, we will win because he already mm-hmm. won. He said it is finished. Amen, brother. It's, Amen. it's a beautiful thing. So let's let's wrap this up. I just want um, two things from you. First, if you have anything coming up at your church that you want to promote, or sure. just just tell people where where you're located, how they can find you, and then share the gospel. Okay. Well, um, you can find out all about our church at our website. It's www.hopeoflbi.com. And we update that regularly. You can listen to the sermons on there and find out all the things that we do during the summertime. But the summertime is really where a lot of our um, our events happen because as Ashley said a, a little while ago, um, the mission field comes to us. Um, in a couple of weeks, we're gonna be inundated with thousands and thousands of thousands of beach lovers and so why don't you talk about some of the things we have going on over the summer? Well, we have a lot of awesome events that um, we center around the gospel and so we'll do events like family fun night we have a women's bible study we have a teen girls study we have a really neat surf camp we have our pirate cove which is our kids sunday school um we offer two services over the summer but i think what's just so neat is that 
we have people who only come, you know, once a week for July, whatever. And it's just so great to be able to see them. And so if you are in the Long Beach Island area, come visit us over the summer. We have really, really uh, great fellowship and, and great opportunities to bring your kids for them to hear the gospel, for them to have some time to enjoy themselves and, you know, have fun, but also for parents to come as well and to just have a great time to enjoy this awesome thing called the beach. <laughs> yes. We have two service times starting in July also, 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. Yes. That lasts from July, or actually it's June 30th right. this year. I think that's the Sunday. Mm -hmm. And then it goes all the way until uh, Labor Day in wow. September, first week wow. in September. Yeah. You must you must get up extra early for the 8 a.m. then. I do. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> early days. Yes. 3 a.m. But it's good. Yeah. <laughs> cool. And then, uh, yeah, just, just share the gospel with our listening audience. I would be just happy to. <laughs> Me or Ashley? Okay. Um, the gospel begins and ends with God. You can't start with man. It has to start with God. In the beginning, there was God. Mm -hmm. He was perfectly content within the fellowship of the Trinity, and he created man to be a reflection of his own image. Man was originally created perfect, flawless. Man was tempted by the serpent to sin. And in that moment, we chose to find our satisfaction and happiness outside of God. And because of that, a curse was pronounced by God onto man and onto the serpent who tempted them. That curse was that because of our sin, we would die. And it's not just death for the body. That was an eventual, uh, eventual certainty. But it's death for the soul, eternal separation from God. God is perfectly holy, perfectly just, perfectly right. There is nothing untrue in him. And because of that, man cannot be in his presence. If he was to allow us to be in his presence, then he would not be perfectly true or perfectly good or perfectly just. And we wouldn't want to worship a God that's just like us, right? And so Adam and Eve were expelled from the garden and unable to be back in right fellowship with God. Israel predicted the coming of one who would crush the head of the serpent and undo what was done in the garden. And one day... The Savior was born of a virgin, and he came into the world and lived a perfectly sinless, spotless life so that he could be the substitute for our sins. Jesus, after his 30 years being raised by his parents, went into public ministry. And for those three years, he came and he proclaimed the gospel of God, saying, Repent, mm -hmm. for the gospel, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel, he said in Mark 1. Jesus, for three years, called men to repentance and to belief, putting their faith and trust in God. After three years of public ministry, Jesus died on the cross, paying the penalty for our sins. He gives us his perfect life, and we, in exchange, give him our perfectly sinful life. And it's nailed to the cross when he died. Jesus rose from the grave three days later, undoing the curse of death forever. So we can be assured that because he died for us, we will be raised to glory with him one day. And that assurance, as Daryl said a few minutes ago, is rock solid in him. So Jesus gets our sin. We get his perfect life. That's called the substitutionary atonement. That's the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that we no longer have to pay the penalty for our sins, that justice has been done 
it's been laid on the Savior. Amen. 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 <laughs> so repent and believe. Repent and believe. Jesus Christ. Yes. Karen, do you have anything to add? Any other, I any questions? Uh, I don't know if you go from there. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, uh, so we, we'd like to, to thank Luke and Ashley for having us at their house this weekend, for uh, giving us the honor of leading worship and for being on this podcast. It's our pleasure. Uh, treating us to treating dinner. Treating us, yeah. And all the, all the work. Getting treated to lunch. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, been well well, that, that was uh, what was the, the man's name? That <laughs> Doug Tate. Doug Tate. Doug Tate is one of our Tate. elders. Doug Tate. and Karen Tate and their daughter Alicia. They are great people. Phenomenal. Great people. Mm. Awesome. And you said he leads. Does he lead the surf camp? He's the surf yes. camp leader. Yes, that's awesome. Wow. Man. Awesome. He's also great at chess. he's chess, the guy who I'm plays terrible. chess. Yeah. Logan. Mm -hmm. I'm okay with. They're checkers, telling me all about them last night. I don't get I was it. Like, oh, I'm not okay. No. This is the checkmate. Yeah. Checkmate. <laughs> So, but anyway, listen Whew. to us. Yeah, I think we've sorry. really learned a lot yeah. about what we're doing here. Yeah, we did <laughs> learn a lot about what we're doing here today. Uh, but please follow us on Facebook, uh, Twitter, iTunes, SoundCloud. Leave a review on iTunes if you could be so kind. I don't think that really does anything. Some some people. <laughs> Well, no. I mean, it's, it's good to get feedback, but some people some people would say that it helps their podcast like get on on like circulation, oh, or I it see. comes up oh. to the top when you search certain. Well, from topics, we, what but... we've learned from Pastor's sermon this morning, that it might just make us temporarily happy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't have to review us because that'll just feed our ego. That will feed their ego, the beast. But but if there's any topics out there that you you want to learn about, hear about, let us know. Interact with us. And, and we're going to have another guest this month. We are. Katie's coming back for another okay, book Katie, review. Katie's going to come back so, and review. Uh, which book is she reviewing with us? You Who by Ra Rachel. You Who by Rachel Jankovic, Jankovic. Which I haven't read, so I think I'm going to let you two just do this. Just the girls' day? Mm, the girls' day. Girls' night? Yeah. <laughs> girls' night. <laughs> cool. All right. Do you want to wrap us up? Okay. Well... In the meantime, we pray that you will seek the kingdom of God and continue to learn. Everybody, what, what we, we are, are even doing here. Grace and peace. Everybody. <laughs>